Can you do me a favour? Guys, say. What? Can, you, can we just take our weddings off as we talk? We talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird ritual where we put the wedding rings in the middle, sip on chinos and talk business. <laughs> Harry, we're back. Episode 143 with a degree of consistency makes me super happy. How are things? Jinxed it. You've absolutely <laughs> jinxed it. Can't believe you've just sat there and jinxed it. Yeah, we're good. Things are good. Things are busy. I'm very tired. Um, Ate one yesterday. Felt a bit motivated though. Uh, I told you, I saw a Instagram post by The Rock. Something yeah. about big dogs eat little dogs sit on the porch crying or something. Thought, huh, cool. Inspirational. Okay. Still sat there watching TV. Did you go to the gym last night? Uh, I did. I did go last night. You did. So yeah. just for context, I'm the centre. So me and Harry meet each other about six o'clock in the morning. Get into the office for about quarter to seven. Last mm-hmm. night we exited the office at about seven thirty, seven forty-five, and then you went back yeah, I got, home. I got, and got, went to the gym after a forty-five minute commute. Yeah, I got in the gym about ten to eight. That's I left real, about. That's a real half solid night. Yeah, I'm impressed. Um, so let's bring some of that energy because the energy in the office was really good yesterday. Mm. Uh, we had uh, more of the team in the office. Mark came up. Uh, everyone was here. It was meant to be here in the office, and then a client came in. Um, it was just overall really good, fun energy in the office. Um, <coughs> so we've got a couple of episodes to record. We're going to do now. Put them in a pipeline. Uh, I'll let, shall I let people know what's coming up? Should we go with that? If you're brave enough. Brave enough if you're mate. brave enough. So today we are going to talk about. Um, the fact that we've just gone through an exercise of hiring our first sales exec and the reasons why, just a general back and forth about that process, how I've gone about hiring that person, and the reason that now's the time that we've decided to do it. Uh, next thing uh, that we're going to record is talk about focus groups. <coughs> Excuse yeah. me. So we, t- we do focus groups as a service uh, and how we're actually looking to do it for ourselves, weirdly enough, because uh, the results we, that we drive from it. Um, and sort of the pros and cons of running focus groups and then how we go about organising them and the yep. amount of time more than anything it takes to organise these bloody things. Uh, next one is getting formal, question mark, uh, because in, as the business has grown and we're adding more bodies into the team, um, I'm realising where I need to be spending my time as the founder uh, and also understanding how I need to elevate the team into basically having processes so they can mm. bring people in underneath them to scale the business up. It was really insightful conversations we had last night. Last night was really yeah. interesting, wasn't it? Um, you look at it and you think, Phew. Yeah. Uh, so we'll cover some of that off. Um, then, not sure if we'll get around to recording the rest of these, but uh, after that, we've got some Q&A coming from, we've had four questions that have come in, so we're going to get around to those. Uh, and then one of the topics I want to cover off is just having open communications with your clients. Um, mm. and when you need to move prices. I mean, normally people expect a price increase in our industry every year, uh, but what we're talking about is significantly moving the price you charge a client and being able to feel confident enough to go to a client when you know you've undercharged and not consistently doing the work undervalued um, because it just results to a negative relationship. Uh, not outbound, but inbound, because you feel like you're doing more work than you should be for the price you're getting paid, so how you navigate that. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. Talking about getting formal. Jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, um, yeah, I'm, uh, game face on every day for me now. Yeah. So of all of those, what's the topic we're doing today? Uh, we're going to do hiring a sales guy. Hiring a sales guy. Raj. Raj. <coughs> uh, so, 40's looking forward to that. Yeah, 40 can't wait. So, um, <laughs> uh, so in terms of uh, 
kind of give the listeners some value what I thought the best thing to do in the situation would mm-hmm. be me to just give a bit of context to the things that we sell as a business uh, and the reason uh, that I've been doing all the selling up till now and some of the f- problems that I'm running into uh, with me looking after all the sales and then how we've gone about finding a sales guy, what we look for uh, and just please, as you normally do, Harry, just jump in, stop me, ask a question uh, in case there's anything that you think the listeners will want Fantastic. to hear. Fantastic. Um, so Harry, services we sell, I'm going to bring you into this one. You know the core services. Absolutely. Go, hit me. Tell me what we sell. Websites. Websites. Dreams. <laughs> Office packages. <laughs> Office package uh, to our members. Okay. So for new listeners, we have a community uh, of just over 15,000 trades. And as Harry said, we do two things. I'll cover off a bit about the website package. Um, basically, uh, if you listen to the show, you probably know a little bit about websites. You probably know WordPress. You probably know stuff like that. We've basically built our own platform um, with the idea of uh, connecting that um, with our office package so a tradesperson can wake up and have everything needs in one place. So it's a, uh, a low-cost product, and we'll mm-hmm. get onto the price and how we've moved that. Um, probably into more detail in a future episode with 4D, but I'll, I'll explain one of, the, one of the reasons that relates to Raj. Um, so that's one of the products we sell, and that's a £250 setup fee and then £20 per month. And what's the office, mate? So the office, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, it's basically the, an office in their pocket. These guys are working all day. Uh, we're trying to solve the problem. They come home at night and they spend the next three, four hours of just doing paperwork. Sorry, um, let me move my phone as well. Uh, yeah, so they come home and uh, they do three hours of admin, paperwork, nightmare. So we built uh, an app and some software on the web as well. Um, to help them do it as they go. Uh, some guys still like the process of coming home in the evening and doing it, but it's mm-hmm. sending quotes, invoices, managing their calendars, reminders for themselves and customers, payments, things like that. So it's just trying to make their lives easier when they're in a the field. Set, they can go and do a job, uh, and as soon as they've done it, they can just pull out the phone, send the invoice to Mrs. Smith, get payment there, there and then, boom. Is Money in the bank. Job done, get home at night, spend time with the wife and kids. And that's exactly what it is. It's just about giving them some time. Or husband. Because we know, exactly. We, we know that these guys uh, are trained to do the job that they do. They don't like doing the admin, but it's part of being it. They kind of get thrown into running a small business, which is interesting. Um, carefully place my cappuccino. What's really interesting is I'm looking at your young cappuccino cup that you just put down very carefully, and I appreciate it. Because you're paranoid about the sound. sound if, if anyone to, can hear the, the knocks game. and bumps and, game. and that. It says droplet on the side, and I'm pretty sure droplet's gone out of business. That used to be a payment processor. Um, but they're the, they're the services that we sell, but we sort of only get 20, 15, 18, 20% of our revenue from the services we sell. Yeah. But the key thing is for us is that's, that's the community stuff. So... Um, I don't know, between 5 and 8% of our members sign up for a paid service. The rest of them come into the community and get other stuff. And we monetize that relationship. And, and not in a, we, We've worked out a really cool way to add value to our members and also charge manufacturers. Because my goal is to basically drive down the price of all of our services. So we have a million trades. There's about 900,000 trades in the UK. So we have uh, 900,000 trades people in the UK using our platform, um, getting huge amounts of value. And then manufacturers who have the money. When we talk about manufacturers, we're talking about companies that make products for yeah. trades professionals. So we're looking at people that make bricks, people that make boilers, people that make hand tools, Drills, that sort of things. Et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Um, so about 90% of our audience come in and they, they're in for the community, they're here for the events, the product reviews, the testing, and all that stuff. And the other thing that we sell uh, is services to manufacturers. So we run focus groups. Uh, we run 
Uh, email campaigns. We don't really like email because it's a bit old and dead, so we tend to do video on social. Mm -hmm. um, we tend to do engaging stuff that adds value to our trades where they get to get free tools or test free stuff or come to events and we charge manufacturers for the privilege because these guys have no relationship with the end user because everything goes through a shop and it's really weird the industry working. Someone makes something, puts it into a shop and then has no idea who's buying it and we fix it. It's just old problem. school. It's just old school. It's, but the industry itself is a bit weird. Mm. So you look at someone like Topshop, they make the product, they have their own store, they know what they're selling. If you look at someone like uh, name the boiler manufacturer, they make loads of boilers, put them to a builder's merchant and they ain't got a clue which people are buying them. Yeah. The only way they try and close the loop actually is with uh, services and warranties. And it's not like they've not got the scale. So. <coughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the risk is, just to, as a side note, the risk is, is because everyone's already sold through shops, 95% of the revenue is through a shop. And yeah. as soon as they sell direct, then the shop will stop selling their products. It's like, you're selling to our customers, we're not going to take your products anymore. So they're in a really interesting situation. What we're not doing really is facilitating brand selling direct. We're just, we believe that the end user should have a say in what, what's good we're, about the We're products. bridging the communication gap. We're not, not the sales we're not, gap. Not the sales gap, yeah. Completely exactly. agree. <coughs> so that kind of gets us on to, so they're the things that we sell, and that kind of gets us on to one of the issues that I ran into, or was still running into, because Rand hasn't started yet, um, is as the founder, you wear a shit ton of hats, hmm. um, and what I'm trying to do is spend all my time on the stuff that's going to move the, properly move the needle of the business. An example of this is uh, when we did the trade show, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I basically spent about three days of three days in that four weeks running up to it doing designs for a banner, doing designs for a foam export, <laughs> yeah. doing designs for the literature that we used on the site. And I shouldn't be doing that fact. But I like to do it, I like Photoshop, I like to think I'm good at it, but it's not the job of the founder. So then I brought a guy called Laurie in and he's now basically working a couple of weeks a month for Expert Trades, us supporting our clients so I don't have to jump in and do that Photoshop mm -hmm. stuff. It means I don't make as much money on the client stuff, but it means I also get to spend my time on the stuff that I want to do. Probably a whole episode around actually that sort of stuff. That actually yields better results as well. 100%, because he's yeah. a professional. <laughs> yeah, he does it. For but from time. both aspects, like having, having someone dedicated to that role allows you to biz dev more opportunities to bring in revenue for the company. 100%, and the whole thing should uh, continue to scale up. Yeah. Uh, more money for the business allows more people to come in and do a proper job that allows you to create more revenue and then the whole thing cycles. Um, so what I end up finding doing is the services that we sell is Matthew Ford runs our website package, but he, he physically, if you ask him to sell, he'll break out into a sweat, take a, take a break, walk outside, feel ill, disappear. <laughs> like, he, like the guy is not a salesman, but he's fantastic at customer service. Yeah. Um, but there is a fact that we have people in the office that we need to support cost for, so we need to generate a certain amount of sales. So I actually started doing a bit of selling and uh, I told Matt, I said, give me 10 leads from our website, from our community every single day of people that have registered interest in our website that want to know more and I'll call them up. So I did that for about two days and I just literally sat back and went, what the hell am I doing? This is the founder of the company. <laughs> On the front line. <laughs> Calling uh, our community members when we've got people, uh, we, we've got other people that we could bring in to do this. But I do want to point out that I think for everyone that's listening is if you are the founder, and you're in a small team, you 100% need to be the first salesman in the company, regardless if you're a salesman or not. If you, if you can't go and close your first two, three, four, five deals, the worst thing that you can do, take Ignacy for example, I think he listens to the show by the way, like Ignacy is a developer. If he starts a business, there is, he should never expect to bring a salesman in after he's built a product and say, go and sell this for me. 
the, the best salesman in the company is the person that believes in the mission. And when you go and speak to a client or a partner or an early customer, is it has to come from the founder. Because if you can't close a deal, I'm not saying you should be doing it all the time, but if you can't close the first one, two, three, four deals and understand why they buy, what the problems are, why they say no, the salesman needs to come in and listen to you and say, here's the value of the product, here's the first five things I've sold, here's what worked, here's what didn't go and sell. What you can't do is say, I've built this cool product, now go and flog it to the market. Yeah, I think the, the difference in, because um, some people are better than selling, better at selling than others, okay. like I can give you some random object and you'll be able to, <laughs> I'll get you, that you'll be able to pocket. string sentences together that make this insignificant thing sound mm -hmm. appealing and interesting. That's what salespeople do. Yeah. But the difference, difference between a hired sales guy and the founder, for example, is the passion behind the product. Mm -hmm. And what you're essentially saying is, it's like someone can learn to sell something averagely, but no one can, no one can get passion behind that project more than the person that built or created or completely agree do you know what I mean yeah completely agree and that's what people feed off of in the end like you might not be pitching it very well to me but I can tell that you believe in this thing that you've made with all of your heart that I'm gonna buy the product you've, you've absolutely hit the nails on the head is Ignacio is not a salesman but if he's built something he truly believes in and he walks into someone and they believe in Ignacio not the product they believe in mm. Ignacio he doesn't have to be a salesman it's like I believe there's a problem in this world and I've tried to fix it with this thing yeah like people buy off people at the end of the day and like you said the founder's got the most passion in the world for what reason he shouldn't be in the business um, and when you bring the salesman in the founder should have all the passion and a little bit of context to closing deals so then the salesman after a month, two months, three months, gets the passion, yeah. understands the problems that he's facing, mm -hmm. and gets that from the founder. But if you bring in a gun for hire, and when I talk about gun for hire, a salesman, a sales exec is a gun for hire, I want them transactional. I want the guys caring about money, caring about revenue, caring about deals, uh, living and dying by his paycheck, that's what mm -hmm. I want. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are. Uh, I did, I've done all the, all the deals up until now, and I realized that there's deals in the business that I shouldn't be sat on the phone doing, but there's enough margin in there now to bring in someone to do some sales on that. So I've done a really clear divide. Um, so anything that's £3,000 or less, mm -hmm. uh, which basically covers the office, uh, the website package, we're not getting a salesman talking about the office package. Just It's not that sort of product for us. Uh, we're still in uh, development stage of that and working with our community to make sure that the, the thing is exactly how it needs to be. Um, the website package uh, for us adds huge amounts of value. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a lot easier to understand as a product. Everyone knows they need a website. So Raj is gonna come in and sell everything that's three grand or less. So that covers website packages. Uh, that also covers what we call campaigns. So uh, an example would be, I need to pick a non-compete brand that people might know, Makita. So Makita might come to us and say, we have this new drill and you've got a cool community and we wanna collect dirty reviews on it yep. before we put it into the market. And we want to know exactly what plumbers think of it and what electricians think of it and what carpenters think of it. So then Raj will go, great, we're going to charge you two grand to put it in the newsfeed and we also need dirty drills free. He won't get them free, but we're going to start there. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to basically be closing <clears throat> deals, three grand or less, uh, with manufacturers. And that frees my time up to do sort of three things, which I think my core role moves into, uh, is one, uh, recruiting. 
So at the moment, we tend to go, shit, we need someone. Recruit, 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 get them in, and then go, we don't need someone. The way that the business is turning out now, it feels like uh, we need a constant pipeline of good people coming through. Mm. If you look how long it took us to find Edie, yeah. six and a half months, if we needed another Edie tomorrow, I don't want to wait six and a half months. I want to have an open pipeline of just seeing good people. Just good people, good people, good people. Because uh, Danny's a great example who started with us at this month. If you find someone good, you want, to, you want to work out a way to hire them. Because good people, what I've seen, have a huge impact on the business. So does that, does that imply that you're forever looking um, for potential staff yeah. and then waiting for a position to say, hey, we like you. There's a position that's just opened up? Yeah, so in terms Or would of- you create the position for the talent so what so where am i if we look at something like uh like indeed or working startups or wherever we post a job i think what we look for is in the next six months if things go well we're going to need to fill these three spots so what we'll do we'll put a job posting up and say hey guys uh in the next six months we are likely to be needing a uh x y and z a b and c uh we would love to speak to you if you're interested in this role come have a chat to us so then what we're doing is we're getting people that are employed so they're not desperate for work, which mm-hmm. I think is a good position to be in. Uh, really good candidates aren't out of work. They're always in a job. Uh, so what we're looking for is those people that think, actually, I like what you're doing. Let's build a relationship up because we've got to bring people in now that are very specialist in what they do because we've done the generalist stuff and we've all become focused. What we then yeah. can't do is go generalist again. So that pulls us back and then basically just building the pipeline. And let's just say we know we're going to need a content marketing expert in uh, four months' time then what I'll do is I'll put that up on the posting and we'll work and work and work and then someone's going to come in and I'll go, you're amazing. And they go, well, actually, well, I've had another job offer um, and I really like it. I prefer you guys, but it would mean I'd have to start next three weeks. Then you just pull that forward. Mm. Because you go, okay, we'll just take a hit on the salary or whatever we need to take a hit on because that person's good for the job. Um, which brings us on to Raj. Um, so I need to free my time up to do HR to support the existing team and then to do partnerships. Uh, so basically the deals that are 3K plus, I mean, we don't do partnerships for less than, it works out like two grand a month or whatever, grand a month, whatever the partner is, depending on the product category they do. Yeah. Uh, but it's always more than five, six, eight grand for the year. Um, so I need to be spending my time doing that because that's the stuff that allows us to scale the business up a little bit quicker and build actual relationships with these partners. What we don't wanna be is like all the time looking for new business. I want to build long-term relationships with some businesses and make a real deep impact. So I think that's, that's how we add value to the members as well. So Raj, new sales guy coming in, uh, and we basically just put up a job posting on a couple of websites, uh, working startups, Indeed, and I can't remember where else it got posted. And then we got really busy, like really busy. And this is what it comes down to. Like my eye went off the, like I, I got pulled back into doing Photoshop stuff and just the daily shit of running the business. Um, you want to get just an iPad so you can't do those things. Don't get me started, mate. You know that I was thinking about going to iPad Pro Life and nothing else. Uh, spreadsheet management, well, that's really tough. That's a problem. And building presentations. Why don't you get a Windows Surface? Why don't I jump out the window? That window. Win- windows. <laughs> uh, so I kind of took my half the prize in terms of I need to hire a sales guy because I need to bring someone in because we've got the products now. We've got a process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> And then a guy called Raj just ended up everywhere, like literally everywhere. And I hope he listens to the show. I might just send it to him because we had loads of good candidates come through. Uh, 
turns out by the way that everyone thinks they can do selling it's the same as marketing you put a job up online and you say marketing exec or marketing manager whatever it is is everyone thinks they can do it and that's why probably it took so long to find Edie because I had so many applications to work through and I think it's because there's no um, I could be really wrong on this but there's no kind of formal education like there's no qualifications to say right you need to be level whatever in in marketing NVQ what no, no no exactly there, there because are... it's so wishy-washy like obviously you can do courses and things but it's like the, these positions can be quite wishy-washy in what so it's more it's, it's just experience above all else that's the the difference between whether someone can or can't do it I think the real nuances is, is you can go to uh, uni and get a marketing degree uh, but the way that the the digital side has moved is we know I know uh, and someone's going to email me in and say, Alan, you're full of shit, you ain't done a marketing degree. But I know, in my heart, I know that when you go and do a marketing degree, they do not teach you how to do uh, carousel ads on Facebook, mm. example. You, you just don't get taught that. You get taught high-level principles about how marketing strategy works, how it impacts business, the brand awareness, the funnel, all that stuff, the important stuff for strategy. But I want like a practitioner. I want someone that comes in and can say, yeah, I can run your Facebook ads campaign and get your cost per click down to this and get your whatever, all those numbers and you don't get that traditionally from someone that's been to uni. You get that from someone that's been in the market who has done Facebook marketing for a small businesses, for small businesses or a small business that he's worked for, and then you, he or she, and then you're trying to pull them into your business. I think it's because digital and social is now where majority of the, our sort of businesses, startups look for, yeah. uh, is then someone goes, oh, you want to do Facebook ads? I've got a Facebook account. That's yeah. the sort of person you attract. Like, I've been on Facebook. I've got Snapchat. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, congratulations. Uh. I, th- I think it's, it's down to um, theory versus practical applications. Mm-hmm. It's like you can ace your drive in theory, but if you've never sat behind the wheel of a car, yeah. which one's the clutch? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like, uh, oh my God. It's and and where's the bite? And then when's yeah. the right time to brake gears? Or, like it's, you might know something down to a T by reading it, but... Nothing beats doing it. I'm going to pull something straight off Gary Vaynerchuk now, so if anyone listens, they know it's from him. Gary Vaynerchuk! But the guy is like, listen, I know how to get a six-pack. And then he lifts up his top, and he's, he ain't got a six-pack, he's mm. got a bit of a keg. He says, because regardless of if you know the stuff, it doesn't mean you can do it. You've actually yeah. got to put in the work. Um, and I think it's just that. So marketing, super, super lo- loads and loads of applications. Sales, even worse. Even worse for me. Uh, the number of applications we had through with people, and I was very specific about sort of sales person we want, sales experience, track record, whatever it is. Um, so we got loads of people, and ended up just getting inundated with stuff. Again, didn't have the process to filter through it. Could have done with someone internally to look at them and go, like Alison should have gone through them. I'm going, no, 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 no. Like I say, if you don't have this, this, and this, just just get rid of them. I ain't trying to sound harsh, but you just got to be ruthless in situations like this when you're hiring. Uh, otherwise you're wasting time and never meet a candidate before you've been on the phone with them I learned that last time I spent so many times downstairs meeting candidates that if I just spent five seconds on the phone with them I would have gone thanks but no thanks but in a more nice way why what's what are you learning from that phone call (laughs) I think when you when you You just get their demeanor over the phone yeah you you work out the attitude like when someone puts a CV together they've got all the time in the world you spend five minutes on the phone with someone and you just understand so much more about them Ask them one question, see how they react, and then it's a game changer. And I probably would have saved 
10 lots of 40 minutes, 45 minutes. It's a lot of time. Yeah, just meeting people. Spend 45 minutes. Yeah. But per person? Yeah. So you, you get down, you talk, you did it, you wait, you've got a 10 minute gap, and then you do mm. the bring the next person in. It's just a lot of time. Wow. Um, but getting back to Raj, I was looking for a sales guy, and an eye off the prize. And then all of a sudden, Alison calls me up and goes, I've got Raj on the phone. And I'm like, not now, I'm in a meeting. No idea who he is, no context, no nothing. She's like, I always apply for a job. We had two jobs open at this point in time. One was three, one marketing, one for 40. Uh, and then the salesperson, <laughs> like uh, content marketing, in case he is listening, we're not trying to replace you. Um, <laughs> uh, so, and then all of a sudden, like two days later, Sarah sends me an email. It's like, uh, Raj has been in touch. Can you reply to him, please? So I'm like, boom, I email, look at CV. I'm like, wow, the guy's got actually a solid track record. Cool. Follow up with them, da da da, get on a call, cool. Emails me back, miss it. Stuff happens, miss it. All of a sudden, it's in Slack. Alison's like, <laughs> Alison's like, this guy will not leave us alone, please. Well, then I literally sat back and call thought, him. hold on. He's got into Alison's inbox, he's got into Sarah's inbox, he's got into our Slack communications. His CV is literally in Slack in front of me at this point in time, and I'm looking at it. Uh, and he's, he's basically got the team telling me to contact him. And then when you look at the characteristics you want in a sales guy, that is it. Stone cold, that driven, is, that is it. hungry. So apparently after the phone call we had and explaining what we are as a business and what we're trying to achieve, he, he, he got excited by it. Um, again, uh, he's got a track record in what we're looking to do. We're looking to sell, um, we're looking to basically sell advertising to manufacturers in certain elements of uh, our app or, or the newsfeed or, or services to them. Uh, he has a track record of doing sales. And with a salesperson, I'm always scared uh, about hiring someone that's unemployed. And Raj wasn't unemployed. Uh, he showed me that his company has moved up to Manchester. He's been made redundant. So he has a bit of time to find sure. the right role. It was more of a tidbit for someone that's listening. Is if you've got a sales guy that's unemployed, it means they can't sell. So if you've got a guy that has done telesales or field sales for more than six months, just from the companies that I've worked from in the past, uh, and for context of new listeners, is I started off doing telesales and then moved into selling gas and electricity door to door. So I know the sort of person I want and I know how ruthless these companies mm. have to be. Uh, but if you've got a guy that can do that job for six months and stick at, stick at it, they can sell. Like they're hunters. Because they otherwise they're out. Otherwise they're out. Uh, and, just, and just for context is... I've had to have that very open conversation with Raj is I'm hiring a role that I know I can do myself, but I, I shouldn't be doing it. So he needs to generate a certain amount of revenue for the business every single month. And if you don't hit that by month three, I'm really sorry, Raj, but you've got to go. It's a very different relationship to what you have with the majority of the rest of your team when it comes to the salesman. Um, rightly or wrongly, that's my approach to it, is a salesman is extremely transactional and that works both ways. You want him driven by money and if he doesn't hit his KPIs, you can't have a salesman in the team, especially such an early role that doesn't deliver. Because the goal is, is that Raj develops a formula that works after three months and then he brings someone else in and they replicate it. Like that's how you scale the sales mm. team. Um, so had a good chat with him. Interesting one. He's 10 minutes late for the meeting. Didn't go down well. Is this um, when you told him to... Yeah, I was on the phone too. Actually. I was like, I, so, Raj, if you ever listen to this, I uh, was not impressed. Um, the fact that I had to call you at five minutes past ten to find out you just got off the train and you didn't know where to go. But I had to just explain to you, open the phone. I was like, do you have an iPhone? Yes. Open up maps and put the address in. 
See you in five. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he obviously ran from there because he arrived in a bit of a fluster. Uh, but the key thing is, is when, you, when you're trying to hire for a sales guy, um, is when they, when they are in that meeting with you and they are, they are selling themselves at that point and you will see the approach that they're going to take with your clients. So on the phone is one thing. Um, and to get into that as well, uh, on the phone is one thing. How they interact with the client is how they're going to act in that interview. Are they presentable? Do they arrive on time? I literally made a note in my... I literally... No. Late. <laughs> uh, so the role that he's going to be doing for us will predominantly be on the phone. But he's got a track record in doing in-person sales for higher volume deals. But so def- you'll be pushing him into the trade shows, unleashing him on the show floor. I'm g- yes, I'm going to throw him into <laughs> Like a, a rabid dog. <laughs> like there's 80 Jumping at the bit. 80 supplies. Get him! Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, that, what's that film? Do you know with the, the guy on the chain? Like... Uh, oh, uh, Jet Li's yes. Unleashed. Unle- like that's how and I when, fit and when he, <laughs> That's a weird film that was. When yeah, they take really his weird. collar off, he... His pupils dilate and yeah, he, he turns into an animal. That's what that's what Raji is going to be. It can be a stone cold. <laughs> but it'll be a tie. <laughs> the key thing is, is just to get across. Is when when I refer to like a salesman as being, st- I'm not saying the guy that drives a deal down your throat. Mm. I like that's not the guy that I ever want to hire. I'm looking for the guy that goes for the no very quickly and move on, doesn't get demotivated. Uh, and I'm a big fan of going for the no. So if someone doesn't want your service, you don't spend time selling them something that they don't want. It's much easier to sell to people that are ready to buy. You just mm-hmm. got to find them. So it's not about driving a sale down someone's throat that isn't ready for it. It's about putting in the work and pounding the pavement as you used to when you sell gas and electricity door to door and just finding the people that are ready to buy. The more no's, the closer you are to a yes. So he's got to do 120 engagements every single day. Done. And what I mean by an engagement is a phone call, an email, scheduling an appointment, whatever it is, he's got to have 120 touch points with either a trades professional or a manufacturer every single day because I know they're the numbers that he's going to need to hit to convert the revenue targets that I need him to convert at. Um, so that's where, <laughs> that's been a lot on this. Hasn't mm. it? Uh, so where we are as a business, I tried to fill up my time by bringing in a sales guy. In terms of how I'm onboarding him, um, I'm going to spend a lot of time, same as what I did with Edie, for the first two or three weeks, I think the thing that we did extremely well was just cut time out of everyone's calendar and make sure that she fully understood the business so she could jump into it. Four weeks into the business, it's as if she'd been here for a year. Tell me about it. And I want and Raj needs to understand a different part of the business, which a lot of the team don't know. Yeah, he, he he's gonna have a different input into or no was that? Bang outside, someone just got shot. Uh, he's gonna have a different the salesman that don't different. Convert. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here. He's um his onboard is gonna be different to Edith's because Edith's got a lot more of um What's the word I'm looking for? She's involved with a lot more of the tasks that everyone currently does, yeah. whereas Raj is going to be a lone ranger in essence. So is he going to, what, what kind of onboarding are you going to put him through other, other than understanding what everyone else's roles are? Yeah, so he, he's, I imagine that's pretty much... He's going to be uh, the farmer and the hunter, as in he's going to find his own deals and then close them. Um, and in terms of what we do as a business, we, we've got one part of the business, which is the community, We've got another part of the business, which is manufacturers. And there's a much bigger thing out there, which is trades people that have no idea about expert trades. Like that's a big pool of people. Um, so what he needs to understand is, cool, Harry, what do you do? Great. 
No, no, I don't care about the camera. Which no. hat do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't care. Go back to, go back to the episode uh, 142, yep. What Does Harry Do All Day, last episode. Um, and, and I want him to have that conversation. No, no, Harry, stop telling me about the camera. I don't give a shit about Final Cut Pro. I don't care how long it takes you to deliver. What is the value you give a client? You do this. Mm-hmm. Great. And he's going to go and package that up. Actually, I'm doing that work at the moment for him. But he's going to understand that. He's going to come and speak yeah, yeah. to you about it. He's going, okay, so you do these videos and the video gets more views than they're doing in professional builder magazine. Done, fine. They're paying five grand for that. We'll charge them five grand. We'll charge them seven because they're more value. Go. That's the mm. stuff that he's going to need to know. He's going to basically need to know not what you do, why you do it, and the value for the client. Package that up, hit the phone, start selling. We just need every manufacturer in the country to know just how fucking good we are as a business. Because I know that once we do it, we show them a case study, they go, oh, actually, yeah, let me take away that money that I'm completely burning in print media because I don't know how many people see it and how many people engage with it. Yeah, but there's like 50,000 magazines in circulation. Yeah, sitting on a builder's merchant shelf that no one sees it gets binned at the end of the month. Um, (laughs) And if you are one of the people who I know in this space who run a magazine, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. And we are coming after your budget. That's the approach that Raj needs to take uh, because we're doing something new, mm. but we're creating loads of value. Um, and for me, it's super exciting because I've tried to bring someone in that's got experience. He's actually managed a small sales team himself before of four selling print media. Cool. So he's got, he's got the, the ability to run a small team. He's got the ability to sell digital advertising space and he's got the ability to sell printed media space. We ain't selling printed media, but... He knows what people want in printed media, so yeah, he can yeah. easily translate that across. <clears throat> I think he's going to hit the ground running. I want to bring him onto the show and report back on his numbers. I want his revenue numbers to be open book to everyone. I think it, I, not just the team, but everyone. I want that. There's certain companies out there like Buffer that have open revenue and bits like that. I would love to move to that because I think it will be interesting to show the community how we keep their prices low by charging manufacturers for these services and the fact that they are only 15% of our revenue, but we give them so much, mm. so much, I think it will be really helpful. Um, so key takeaways for me, when you're hiring a sales guy, you need someone that is transactional, that is just focused on earning revenue. You want someone with a track record, and you need to have very, very strict processes and KPIs in place before they start, because there's a risk of him coming in and being able to sell you on the reason that it's not working. So Raj can never come to what me. What a minefield. <laughs> you can never have uh, your first sales guy come to you as the founder and say, Adam, I'm not in my numbers this month because the website package hasn't got this feature. Yeah, I'll slap the spit out of his mouth at that point because we've sold. <laughs> because we sold 172 of that website package last year with no salesman. Mm. So a salesman can't come to me and say it's not converting for these reasons. So if you've got a track record and you've done the work as the founder and you know what sells and you've put in the hard work and you've done some sales yourself, you take all that off the table and it's can the guy do his job, yes or no. Put some realistic KPIs, put some stretch goals in place, which I think is really interesting. So what we've basically done is a commission structure. He's got a base salary. He has to hit a certain amount of revenue. And then above that revenue, he gets a set commission. That then hits an accelerator at another level. Because what you don't want is a commission structure that means that they start holding back deals till the following month. So an mm-hmm. example is if a salesman has a very good first two weeks, 
certain structures that I've been in, I have then said, great, I've got seven deals that I can close yeah, yeah. now, but I'm not gonna, because I need to hit next month's KPI. So I'm gonna hold them back, wait till the first of next month, close them all. And, and then you're straight onto commission. Straight onto my commission yeah. straight away. So as the founder, you need to look at, and there's great resource online, is what commission structures, sales structures work for the type of products that you do. Uh, I'm a big believer in having, make sure they cover their costs before you give them any commission. Mm. Otherwise, it's just, it's just bad business. Um, and when I say their costs, I mean a salesman's role is to help support the rest of the company's costs for the people that don't generate revenue. You look at someone like uh, Allison, who makes no revenue for the business, but she keeps all the books in order. Uh, we need to make sure that the people that make the revenue mm. help support those costs. On, um, <clears throat> on the commission structure, is it, is it unique to each product? Uh, that is being sold or is it like a it's if you do 10% of whatever it's is it like easily transferable from one business to another or is it always quite a unique circumstance based on the product that's being sold so I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle that in two ways so one is extremely unique to the product you're selling mm -hmm. because some products just don't have margin some people, some products only have 10% margin for example so then you've got to work out what the, what the salesman gets uh, for us internally, we have the options to say, if you sell a website, you get this. If you sell a focus group, you get that. Mm -hmm. If you sell a newsfeed deal, if you sell a tool talk, reviews, whatever it is. But the last thing that, and I've had sales structures like that, and I found a lot of my time as the salesman working out where to, like, hold on, so I've got three of those, so that's that. And I'd spend like 20 minutes in the day working out what my commissions were and just like that and what, what I should do the next day. Whereas I've got a very, very blanket structure, which is he gets 20%. Of everything that he closes above his threshold. baseline, his yeah. threshold. So he hits his threshold, commissions kick in, and he gets twenty percent. So if he closes a website, he gets twenty percent of the setup fee, which is fifty quid in his pocket. Go Raj, okay? <laughs> like he gets that, uh, and that moves up to twenty-five percent when he hits a certain threshold, which is his accelerator. So that's where we are. Mm. Um, that might change. That might change, uh, but I haven't. So the reason it might change is because we don't know. Uh, the level of success he's going to achieve. So I might see, actually, his accelerator is too high, as in he's got to do too much revenue to hit his accelerator, and I can see him dropping off every month at th week three because he knows he's not going to get there. So it's having that same thing of I'd rather wait until next month and cut the goals. So this yeah. needs to be flexible. But I just wanted to keep it simple to start with because I think he's the sort of guy that I can work with. He knows I'm not trying to lowball him on anything. When I told him the commissions I'm going to give him, he was like, holy shit. Okay, great. I'm not used to that. I'm used to getting seven percent. I was like, fine. Yeah, we're not, that's not what we're doing. Um, I need him to help me build the process, not just sell the product. Also, it's uncapped. I hate, I hate companies. Like, if you run a company and you have a sales team and you cap the revenue, if Raj goes and sells me a five hundred thousand pound deal with Dewalt, that guy is getting twenty percent of the deal. Yeah, it's uncapped. And people go, you can't give a salesman 100K. I'm the founder. <laughs> yes, I can. And at that point, I might go, Raj, just so you know, there's your 100. But we need to look at this now because I can't be doing this regularly because I could use that to deploy into the team. Mm -hmm. Whereas you, you, you could, you'd probably be happy with 20. But for now, uncapped. Go and do as much damage as you physically can. Yeah, I mean, what I've always heard from... Um other companies like uh, Emmy, uh, the wife, uh, when she worked at Coffin Warehouse, yep. E2Save, whatever it was, call center basically, they had a commission structure. 
but every uh, and from other people I've heard as well, it's always been a case of they're getting squeezed. Their commission structures always getting squeezed and and adjusted so that the same with like bonuses in companies and things like that. So like, oh yeah, you get bonus when we hit our monthly KPI, whatever. Mm-hmm. But those bonuses get smaller and smaller, or the targets get harder and harder. Because what they're saying is, yeah, we want to promote you to achieve more. So we're going to ask you to produce more results for less payoff. Or and, produce and more it, results for the same as what you're getting now. So you're actually getting 15 phones to get X amount, yeah. whereas you only have to do 10 phones for X amount. And, it, and, the, it's, and it's always negative vibes that, you, you're selling, you're, that you're promoting into the sales force because they're thinking, well, why should, I, why should I bust my balls any harder than I'm doing right now mm-hmm. just to get the same or what technically works out as less commissions for more work? Well, okay. And then they just leave. Does Emmy still work there? No, not at all. That's the reason. The the problem is, is when you have a good salesman, good salesmen are really hard to find. And good salesmen have endless opportunities in this world. I've already said it before, and you guys all laughed. There are two people in this world. (laughs) There are makers and there are sellers. Okay? Uh, And if you're a salesman and you're working at a business and if you have one day where you think, I am undervalued or getting squeezed you can transfer your skills into any other job because you're a salesman. Mm. You've got a skill at showing people the value in a product and getting them to buy it. You, what you want is a salesman that loves coming into work, picking up the phone because they know they're getting rewarded. Like That's the mentality that you need for your sales team. If you take in the mentality of, oh, okay, he's earning too, he's earning too much commissions. You, you'll get, I'm getting 80% of that revenue. <laughs> like If yeah. he's earning too much, then I'm earning loads more. Simple. I, I think, might, I might it, have to restructure things when he brings in someone below him yeah. and say, right, just say, no, I can't sustain this. You're making me money, but I can't do this for everyone because I can't grow the team as fast as I want. So the guys that come in under you are getting 10%, just so you know. That's where we are. Uh, but you've helped establish the process. I ain't squeezing you. If someone comes in, we'll make sure they're happy. We know the process. We know what they can achieve. They'll come in and get that and they'll be happy. It's, yeah, it's just it's poor company culture though, isn't it? Because I guess the companies are just looking at the staff as numbers, as worker bees, that we, we've got this force of 100 people on the phones churning out these numbers. We want to actually increase our margins because we're not doing so well yeah. business-wise. I mean, so let's reduce the payout to our employees and increase overall income. But it just pushes them out of the bottom. The, the, I completely agree. The, the interesting thing for us is twofold is our industry is not that big. It turns over £27.3 billion, but in terms of the, the people that run the top 50 companies, top 100 companies, top 200 companies, there's actually not that many people that we need to build relationships with mm. to have an impactful business. So what you can't have is a team of 25 sales guys just outbound calling manufacturers because there's just not enough leads. There is enough people to just cold call tradespeople all day and try and sell my website, but I don't want to have that mentality of like burning through 900,000 trades in two years in telesales. Like, we're not trying to achieve yeah. that. That's why I haven't employed someone to just cold call trades professionals and try and sell them a website. I don't think that's productive. I don't think it's effective. We, we know that 100 people sign up to the app, 100 people sign up to the community, and six of them organically buy a website because after seven months, they like us, they trust us, yeah. they've seen the value, and they go, cool, I'm going to use these guys. I'm more than happy for that. 7% conversion, 100 people sign up, more than happy, and we'll keep increasing it. Um, just on that note is I'm not letting Raj sell to the community. To keep them away from the community uh, because we've got a nice little process now and what I don't want people doing is joining expert trades and getting a hard sell that's yeah. not what we're about yeah we moved away from it yeah so it's uh, it's prote- if you're an expert trades we want to protect that relationship like I want Edie to come and like 
argue with Raj because Raj is like, no, no, but the guy's clicked on that and he's registered interest. And we'll be like, great, that's Fordy's job. Because Fordy, if someone's registered interest in a website, is amazing on the phone because he doesn't consider it selling. It's customer service. Mm. And that's the difference. If they're registered interest and it's not an outbound cold call introducing yourself in the company, and someone goes, I'm actually interested, Fordy picks up the phone and closes the damn deal like eight out of 10 times. Go Fordy. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that is not what not what Raj is doing. Uh, but looking forward to reporting back on it. Um, it's a learning curve for me. I've been the sales guy. I've run a small team of six doing telesales. Um, but having someone sell my own products. I've gone into businesses where they've got established products, processes to sell. Like This is going to be a learning curve for me. Yeah, and, and we've, we've had sales attempts before. Sales team, well, salespeople trying to sell something that we didn't even know what we were selling at that point. Yeah. But as the company's grown, moved forward, become more focused in exactly what it is we do and what we sell, hopefully he's actually going to, hopefully he's going to come into a role that is going to smash because he's actually got, he's going to have products to sell as opposed to ideas that we think we've got that yeah, exactly. might sell. You might be interested. Yeah. And like, We're not sure, but <laughs> do you want to get in on this? No, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's having that... Because that, uh, like, like you say, he's, he's, he's going to come in, he's going to speak to all of us, we're going to tell him what we do, yep. because we know what we do now, we've all got very defined roles. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he came in six, eight months ago, be like, yeah, I kind of do all these things, so if you want to... We think this is valuable, but now there's this, there's this thing that people can't buy what they don't see. Mm. If you can't put it in a document and send it to a client and say, this space here is 500 quid, do you want it? Compared to, yeah, yeah, we got this community and it's really cool, and like, <laughs> we just need. And, that, and that's what that's what you've been pitching to companies as well, and they've been asking you. It's like, okay, but we give us some, give us some hard yeah. numbers, because that's all anyone wants. People don't want they don't want the fluff. They just want the hard, cold hard facts, exactly. and plenty of zeros. And that's what we're packaging Raj up to do. So I'm going to report back on this. It'll be good to get him on the show with me mm-hmm. and you talk about how that's going. Um, probably after two or three weeks, it'll be really interesting to see how he's settling in uh this has gone on long man it's been good it's been good good episode uh, good energy uh the chinos definitely fueled um sponsored by cappuccino <laughs> no. i didn't say the actual uh, the brand on of the course top. not what the one that's gone out of business because cantina opened up downstairs hashtag cantina custard oh factory. i thought you meant droplet that oh, was no, on the side of uh, I mean, young. It's going to go out of business because we've um, got a better cafe open downstairs and i can't wait to get out the custard factory hashtag not happy here if you're in the custard factory and you listen to this. Anyway, <laughs> this has been episode 144. 144? Four. <laughs> I even gave me the three. I, I signed up. Yeah, but the... I thought you were telling me the one before. 143, uh, hiring sales guy, and just generally talking about sales and some of the things that we run into. Hope this has been a good show, guys. You this... can reach us. One sec. Before you go into that, we've gone longer on this because we've actually done Can't keep plan- you off this mic. We've, we've done some planning and, and put some thought into what we think you guys want to hear based off the feedback you've had. So please make sure that one, you keep reaching out to us because your feedback is helping us mm-hmm. pick the right topics and talking about the cool stuff. Secondly, looking forward to speaking at Cass. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about this in a future episode. But if you listen to this show or if you have been introduced to the show by one of your amazing lecturers at Cass. I can't wait to meet you guys, and we're going to try and open up a landing page to get some questions, to do Q&A on the day, and I'm going to pin you guys to take us out for a beer afterwards so we can learn a bit more about you, but we'll cover that off in a future show. Yeah, the, the, day, the daytime will be Adam's time to shine, and then the evening 
will be my time to shine. <laughs> Hashtag 9 in 90. Uh, uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, how do they find out? How do they reach out to us, Harrison? They can ask questions. They can email us directly. Either. You know what? Send them to me. It's harrison at experttrades.com. Two D's in the middle, one S at the end. Or they can reach us on the gram, Adam, at Startup Start Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, and I would just like to finish off by saying the other part of what motivated me the other day was Steve Jobs' talk to, is it Princeton? Princeton? <laughs> Stanford? Stanford? Stanford. <laughs> Prin- yeah. yeah. So, yeah. obviously different parts of that talk stuck into my mind uh, a little bit better than other parts, but yeah, that was... Give me the last line, because you, you said it the other day. Uh, so I think he got it. It was a, he talks about a magazine that was going out of print uh, that he used to read yep. photography in it and things like that. Uh, and at the end, it said, "Stay hungry, stay foolish." Uh, that coupled with seeing The Rock earlier on in the day telling telling me big dogs eat little dogs don't. I'm like <laughs> hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. But that talk in general was bang on. Definitely worth listening to. And it was at the end of the Cool Cast, which is the podcast that we enjoy. Yeah. But you can definitely just YouTube it and type in uh, Steve Jobs, Stanford commencement speech. Yeah. It'll pull it up. Yeah, man.